At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You ready to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Raw? We're bringing you facts and only the truth now. Am I Reister or Am I Raw? I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amden, and this is Reister or Raw. The NFL changed its overtime rules. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Because I hate it with the power of a thousand suns. Get a stop. Stop being weak. Um... The NFL has a new adaptation to the Rooney rule. Now there must be at least one minority or woman in an offensive capacity that works closely with the head coach in the attempt to groom new offensive geniuses that have touched Sean McVay's hand, which can, you know, now get a head coaching job. Uh, Eric Church versus the final four versus his fans. He is canceling a show because he wants to go see North Carolina in the final four. I'm not mad at him. Your where your treasure lies is where your heart lies. Um, me, George Reister versus white people thinks I did something super white yesterday and I loved it. And it's no longer super white. This is falls into the this was amazing. And this is why they do it category. But it was hella dangerous. Um, and Facebook versus TikTok or meta versus TikTok. I mean, I don't even know what to call it because I've been at the NFT conference all week, too. So, you know, so I'm indoctrinated, people. Um, but uh, you guys can hit us up. 818-293-75. Wait. Wait, 
I don't. Oh my god, I forgot. Wait, yeah, eight one eight two nine three seven five four seven. I I really thought for a second I was giving out somebody else's phone number. <laughs> I was like, wait, hold up, hold up. Did I get give out my kid, my 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 wife? Like, whose phone number am I giving out? Or this is what happened. You learn two new things, have two new experiences in one week, and something's got to give. <laughs> it just breaks. Um, so we'll start though with the NFL new overtime rule, Ralph. This is awful. It is super weak. I could not hate this anymore. So the new rule. Both teams will have an opportunity to possess the ball in overtime in the playoffs. If the score is tied after each team has possessed the ball, the next score wins. If the team kicking off to start the overtime period scores on a safety on the team's initial possession, that team that kicked off is the winner. Why was this necessary, Ralph? This feels like the complainers, right? That complainers in the world, they get things moved. And this was a non-problem. And I believe that when you, that yes, you should hear people's complaints. But just because people complain does not mean that you need to take action. And this is a case of trying to fix a problem that's not really there. They're like, oh, well, the team that, that gets the possession usually always wins. Don't you think that that's still going to happen with this new rule? And guess what? It's football. Get a fucking stop. Get a stop. Nobody cares about your. Listen, we should get get back. So then. So and and this is in response to the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs game. But people forget that the very next week. Kansas City got the ball in overtime and the Bengals got a stop. And that's how they ended up in the Super Bowl. So, Ralph, I hate this new Josh Allen rule. Oh, man, you said it out loud. It's, you're going to make me not like it. I, I don't know if I care. I hate that it changes because it changes so much that it's turning me into Donovan McNabb. Remember when he didn't know that games could end in a tie? Yeah, but he didn't even know the rules of the game he was playing. That that's the point that it's going to get to. The more that you change it, the more distaste I have for it. Especially with college football doing the same thing to make an adjustment to a perfectly fine overtime rule. If we're being honest, the biggest problem with college football's overtime rule is that the stats count as regular stats. So you could have somebody finish the 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 game with 300 yards passing, one touchdown, and then and then at the at the end of everything, they have 400 yards passing, six touchdowns. Yeah. And I thought that I thought that that was a little weird, but like that that's a small price to pay for being able to figure out like wh- which team actually has the the um the ability to execute better than the other team. The NFL made an adjustment and now they're making another adjustment, but they're not having that adjustment cover every game. And it happens right after a bunch of fans just wanted a game to continue. That's all it was. It wasn't that more people like Josh Allen than Pat Mahomes. It wasn't that people thought it was unfair. They just never wanted that game to end. Correct. Well, it did end and it's over. And it really sucks because the person who did zero complaining, the person who made no noise about it whatsoever, who just was bummed that, that the, the coin flip ultimately determined their fate was Josh Allen. And now people are going to call this the Josh Allen rule. And I'm already as protective of him as I can possibly get. This just isn't fair to him. <laughs> 
Yeah, because he didn't complain. He's the last. He was just like, yo, it is it, it is what it what it is. This was a fabulous game. Maybe we need to work harder and get better. I love the fact that how Josh Allen handled it. But this is the owners who changed the rules, not the coaches, not the players. The owners changed the rules. They're acting like fans. They're like, I want my guy to have a chance. So now the reason why this would have been a stupid idea in the regular, a stupider idea in the regular season is because now if if you have a team that goes down and kicks a field goal, right? What right. is the next team going to go down and do? Make sure that they don't lose, right? Like they're going to try to score, but they're going to be pretty conservative once they get in field goal range. Yeah. So you already have that. And then, and then the time's going to be out. So you're going to end up with, or if they score a touchdown, touchdown. Now, like being that the overtime is only 10 minutes, you're not going to have a chance at a third touchdown. You're going to end up with a field goal after that. So now aren't you in the exact same position or you're going to end up with more ties, which which NFL's fans hate more than anything else. Like they're trying to make the NFL soccer with this rule and and all that's going to happen in the postseason is the team that's going to win the first time anyway, who gets the ball first. Like, it's terrible. I think, to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, if they put me in charge for one day uh, so that I could change specifically this rule, all I would do is just say, okay, the second overtime hits, regardless of whether it's regular season or playoffs, the kicker is removed from the equation. You no longer have a kicker. Okay. Welcome to overtime. The end. Yep. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. It's still uh, if you if you score a touchdown, that's game, right? If you score okay. a touchdown, that's game, which is what it still is in the regular season. But you can't kick a field goal. These kickers are hitting from 60-65 now. So either you make it all kicks and just have it be a kickoff, or you just take the kicker completely out of the equation and say you have to score a touchdown. Yep. Yep. I'm not mad at that at at all. I actually think that that's a very reasonable solution that you have to go down and score. But the only problem with that is sometimes weather permits, like the offenses are bad, like, you know, like if quarterbacks get get hurt, all sorts of stuff happens, and then there may not be a touchdown. The Jaguars beat your Buffalo Bills, what, six um, nine six nine three something like that this year so something like that yeah yeah so forcing those teams to score a touchdown would have would have only just further tormented fans so um i i I hate this new rule i think it's bad for the game would you rather the titans suggestion have been put into play where where you can go for two can yeah you can end the game if you score first as long as you go for two and get it no no no, it's okay. So because teams won't go for two, because then the other team would say, well, they, they were for two. They didn't get it. Now I'll go down and just score a touchdown and kick a field goal. It's terrible. Like this reminds me, this is an overcorrection to a problem. That's not really a problem. Like the, like when the NFL changed the rule after the saints, after Alvin Kamara got pass interfered and the Rams ended up in the Super Bowl, and people were like, this needs to get fixed. Then they put in, that you could challenge pass interference. And how did that work, Ralph? It's been a mess. Yes, it was, it was awful. It only lasted one year because it was a shit show. 
So or or how about Tom Brady tears his ACL, and so now anybody who's trying to get a sack is at risk of being penalized ever since it's just the the overreaction to some of this stuff and i get that you're trying to make the game it's less safer and more like sustainably interesting i think that that's what people that's what people need to understand is that like all of these rules change changes aren't necessarily to benefit the players they're to make the game uh less likely to have somebody change the channel yeah that's it Absolutely. Now, the NFL also came up with a new rule, the new Rooney rule, the modified Rooney rule, that now you must have at least one offensive assistant that is going to be paid from an NFL pool. But if you have a person in this position already, it counts for this rule. So you don't have to hire another person that that works closely with the head coach on the offensive side of the ball that there must be at least a minority or a woman in those positions. And I love that. I love this version of it. I hate the fact that we even need a Rooney rule and that there is even some sort of encouragement, but this feels better to me than, than giving draft picks away for hiring people. You know what I mean? Like that feel, this feels better to me than that because you will give people an opportunity because we we talked about a stat a few months ago about how many coaches actually come from coaching families like that they are related to other coaches and it's such a high percentage and then when you think about coaching they are they tend to stick with people that they've worked with prior so it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy And they have a club that is very difficult to break into because you're not because there's no nepotism involved and there's no you know, you don't have a prior connection with these people working for them. So the whole point is to increase the the pool of people because head coaches are and offensive coordinators generally come from the offensive side of the ball. They're not all former quarterbacks, nothing like like that. But now. You have created a. They're going to create a situation where there are going to be more black offensive coordinators or minority offensive coordinators, which then changes the where they say, "Oh, there's not really people to hire." L- listen now, if they start circumventing that, then we will know what the answer is for sure. You think that there's any doubt <laughs> right now? That, that be oh. like it, it'll suddenly be a, a switch to the defensive guys, but then a lot of those guys are black, so. Um, no, it'll be like, listen, 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 you don't have to be a coordinator. We need to start hiring these quarterback coaches or we need to start hiring these uh, these wide receiver coaches or DB coaches, these special teams coaches <laughs> as head coaches instead. I tell you what, George, I looked at the uh, the NFL coaches meetings like group photo. Oh, my God. And I know you hear you hear that stat of like the league is 70 percent uh, minority or whatever. And it, it should be reflected in the head coaching. For sure. Yeah. And, and it should be reflected in the head coaching ranks, or at least it should be a little bit closer. And it's one thing to see a statistic. It's another thing to look at that group photo. Yeah. Yeah. That group photo was brutal, man. That looked like a mega church staff photo. It really did. With Matt Rule being head of sanitation and grounds. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like it was it, just looking at that photo and it's like, man, ha- and so many of these dudes are young. Yep. Young white men, right? People around our age. And it it it's really hard to envision it getting better. And there might be people out there that question the whole idea of like, does darker equal better? But I, I like I don't know what to tell you. What where is the access? You, you in order to justify the current system, you have to subconsciously at the very least say that black people are not capable of leading men on the football field. Yeah. You have to. It forces that type of at the very minimum subconscious response to say, well, no, these are the 32 best men in the world at this job. And then you have to ask yourself, why doesn't it actually reflect the racial makeup of the league? Not everything has to be about it's- race, but why doesn't the- and and if you don't answer that question, Nobody answers that question. They just say it's got, it's got to get better. Nobody answers the question, why isn't it? Because you either have to accuse the NFL of like blatant outright racism, which accusing the NFL of racism has gotten us almost nowhere. Yeah, We've had several rule changes that haven't resulted in any actual real physical change. Or you have to say like, no, these guys are just the best at it, which means that black people collectively aren't as good. No. Which is not the right way to take that. Correct. Because there has been limited access. Access has been the problem because there are plenty of black coaches. Like there is no shortage of black coaches. There is a shortage on the offensive coordinator and head coaching side because it's been hard for them to get those the coordinator positions. Because at first you like, yo, we need to be a former quarterback. And there weren't any black former quarterbacks. And now you have a lot of black quarterbacks, but they're still playing (laughs) like it's not like that. They've had a chance to finish playing, get into coaching, all of this. Right. But but McVay was a receiver. Yes. Uh, Mike, just what was Kyle Shanahan? What was McDaniels like? What what? They were sons of it. So, so, so look, here's the other part about it. If you guys don't know what the QB collective is, the QB collective has actually since broken up in terms of name, but this is a collection of coaches. It started as a collection of coaches who turned around and, you know, shared their trade secrets with each other. It's like a secret society of coaches, except for it's not so secret. And all of them, Nathaniel Hackett, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, um, uh, the Chargers head coach, all of these dudes, like they all have belong and a few other coaches belong to this society. And then all of a sudden they end up fast tracked for coaching positions. I'm not saying that there's anything nefarious going on, but hmm, should should be some other people in, in there as well. What was your reaction, George, to the to seeing that there's been an adjustment made and that the NFL is actually going to fund some of these positions, but then all of a sudden seeing the word women? Um, because I thought that they I were had, getting, uh, I, I thought that because there are some women uh, coaches now in the NFL, good ones too. Yeah, yeah, in Washington, Tampa, <clears throat> and a few other places. I thought that that was smart. I thought that they got ahead of the prop, the ahead of. Something that's coming up because one of the things that I've learned in my entire life is just because you have a penis does not make you a good football coach, does not make you know what you're doing. Just because you played in the NFL does not make you a good coach. 
Just because you have been around football my whole life, that doesn't make you a good coach or a communicator. A like coach if, is essentially a teaching position. Yes. If you look at You're going to say like 90% of the elementary school teachers, maybe even higher all across America that are responsible for forming your child's ability to learn and then actually giving them that information are female. Exactly. And Oregon's old offensive line coach, now Miami's offensive line coach, this dude is five foot five, 130, 40 pounds. If but that. some, yes, but some kind of way, he has coached a lot of pros. He's taught them all the right things to, to, to do. Hmm, wonder why. Do you think he played O line? Hell no. He can't right. play football barely. <laughs> so the the idea, and so women can do a good job coaching football because it comes from knowledge, being able to teach. And being able to communicate. Those are the hallmarks of a good coach. So I thought the NFL did a good thing of getting in front of it. And also putting that in in the minority category. Because they are a minority in the coaching circle. So had no problem with that. What does it say about me that my initial reaction was kind of cynical? I was like, man, they really have to include women in this just to convince people to hire black people. Like that, that was my, that was my initial. And then I thought about it and I was like, well, if you're already in there, you know, like if you're already in there doing the surgery, taking out the appendix and you see something else wrong, might as well fix it. Yeah. You know, but my, my initial reaction was like, good Lord, what does it take to just like look at a talent pool and understand that like you, you might not be, um, you might not be looking in the right direction for the best fit. I mean, we're, we're both you and I right now are in the middle of watching winning time on HBO about the Lakers. You see how zeroed in um, Jerry Buss is on, on Jerry Tarkanian before yeah. sort of accidentally falling into another system that led to a decade uh, of excellence. Right. But like you, you get this idea in your head of what you want. And I, I think it's, it, it, this whole thing might just be an issue of, of, of networking and tunnel vision more than anything else. But I just, I'm watching a generation, a new generation pass through the NFL coaching ranks that also is not inclusive of former black athletes. And it is, it, it, think about, think about the, the black non-former athletes. Like it, do, does somebody even have an opportunity uh, that maybe played college golf, like a Todd Haley that never played football? Um you know, if, if, if they don't have my skin tone, the whole thing is um, it it is creating a cynicism in me. And I don't know how you can continue to just like applaud each step that they, they take without getting frustrated. Cause I'm, I'm I'm beyond it. No, 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 no. No, That doesn't mean that there's not frustration. It's the fact that they actually tried to take a tangible step. I mean, I'm a progress, not perfection. I think the former Rooney rule was not working. And that there had to be some solution and you can't force them to be like, listen, we need 13 black head coaches in this league. I don't think that that's right either. But I do think that you have to be able to groom people in these positions the way then they can get in the inner circle. Right. And then they will bring other people from outside the circle into the circle. I think that that's the theory. And we'll see if it works. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VTW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Um, you know what's not working? Uh, Mr. Eric Church. Eric Church is not working. He is not working this, this weekend because on Saturday night... His North Carolina Tar Heels are playing in what could be the biggest game in their history. They're playing in Mike Krzyzewski's last, well, potential last game as Duke's head coach. But for sure, their last game against North Carolina. The first time that they have ever met in the tournament. How crazy is that? Mm -hmm. First time that they've ever met in the tournament. North Carolina is hot as fish grease. They already ruined Mike Krzyzewski's last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium by whooping their ass. Mm. This is a big matchup. So Eric Church had a huge concert planned in San Antonio. And he, I want to applaud Eric Church because he said in a message to his fans, I was looking forward to Saturday night in San Antonio's show. Um, uh, oh, sorry, that that he was going to have to cancel the fan the game 
because so he can go watch North Carolina play Duke in the final four. I love the fact that he was honest. I mean, granted, he didn't have a choice because he would be on if he's going to the game, he would be on television. And they'd be like, hey, you were supposed to have a concert. What the hell? And so I love the fact that he was honest. He didn't blame it on anything else. And like this reminds me, and I think that it's a good message. It's like I would feel the same way if he missed the if he canceled the concert because his daughter or son ended up making the finals of some tournament that they weren't supposed to make. Like that you're supposed to live your life. Yeah, work is important. But when you're Eric Church and you've been around the world, you've done this, you got a pocket full of money. Listen, this is enjoying life. I'm not mad. Okay. Let's flip it on its head, right? Because you're 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 a country fan. Um, but what's your what's your all time favorite act? In in like live uh, live show, like if somebody was coming through, you'd be sure to have tickets and go see that band live. Uh, I it? haven't seen this person live, but if it, okay. if I could see Bruno Mars and Adele at the same time live, bro, I would I would faint. Okay, so Bruno Mars and Adele are coming to whatever they've renamed the Staples Center into Crypto dot com Arena. Crypto Crypto dot Wish dot com. Um, so th- they're, they're on their way in. Um, but Adele's like a huge cricket fan. Uh, some team in England makes whatever the cricket finals are. Fucking cricket. And, yeah. But Man, I don't, you you don't know what's important cricket. to people. You cannot cancel for cricket. So you disagree. So you're, as long as it's a sport that you like, then you can have some, because that, that these people in San Antonio and I don't have that much love for the people of San Antonio as a Suns fan um, and as a Charles Barkley fan. <laughs> there's some, uh, according to Charles Barkley, there's going to be some big women upset about Eric Church uh, oh. not, not making his concert. <laughs> according to Barkley, not me. I don't talk like that. But um, <laughs> so, you know, the people of San Antonio, they've been waiting through a pandemic, not going to any live shows. They got this Eric Church co- uh, concert coming up. He calls them his choir, the church choir, right? Like there's this big fan community. And then all of a sudden he's going to go to a basketball game of a school, George, that he didn't even go to. He's from North Carolina. He says he's a North Carolina basketball fan, but he went to App State. App State in Boone, North Carolina. His oldest son's name, George? Boone. Mm-hmm. His other son's name is Tennessee. I don't this whole him being a lifelong North Carolina fan might come as a surprise to some people. The, probably the other part of me, though, to UNC and got into App State or couldn't afford I, UNC <laughs> was at App State. That's very possible. I've noted that that's actually like a thing out here of like people who wanted to go to UNC, but end up in the mountains. Um, I, I say all that to say this. I look at what Eric Church is doing and I, my immediate reaction is like, cool, what's it all for then? Like, what is all this success? What is it all for if you're not going to like take advantage of the fact that you have the privilege to do this from your life of hard work and all the goodwill that you built up? Bingo. That's my immediate reaction. But I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of of an avid concert goer who okay. is very so, much looking forward to so a show. you know what we do, though? Hmm. You know what we do. We, we plan another San Antonio show. Everybody, you get your tickets, and we go step it up a notch. We're bringing Eric Stapleton with us. 
We're bringing uh, Chris Stapleton, but yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Chris, Chris Stapleton. We're we're gonna bring Darius Rucker with us. We're gonna we're gonna bring out some friends to make it up for you. All right, so yeah, I, I I can see that. I can see that. It's not gonna be very fun when Duke blows UNC out, though. <laughs> the whole thing ends up being for nothing. His fans will be like, "That's what you get." They will no get back here and sing, country boy. They will immediately forgive him if they lose, right? I suppose so. Yeah, I suppose so. That they they got some get back. Does he have a show planned for the national championship on the date of the national championship? That's what we want to know. (laughs) (laughs) They already know. They already know. But depending on the time, he might be able to fly one place, fly to other, or if it's close, you never know. Um, all, all right. right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, George, that's me versus white people things. And we have talked on previous episodes on about things white people do and how that and you're a fan. And that was a, st- you're a yeah, fan of the white people like, activities. Yeah. Yes. Cause there was a stereotype that black people grow up with. Like these are things black people do. These, these are things white people do. Right. And we yes. learned that. And I'm sitting there like, okay, I didn't do white people things until I got to college. And then I went tubing. I went uh, tubing the first time with towing behind a boat, with snowboarding. Then that was my introduction. I was like, white people do this because it's amazing. Like, yes, there's some expense involved with it, but they do it because it's fun. Yeah, you like, like vacation and Big Bear? Yeah. 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 I go to the snow. <laughs> You know, people are trying to go to the sun. I'm trying to run to the snow. <laughs> you've been, and, you've been, your family been swimming with dolphins. Yes, yeah, all those things. It, listen, <laughs> we uh, encourage my kids to. They've skate. Well, actually, skate, skate skateboarding is multicultural, but you know, all sorts of things, right? And now I got a chance to do something super white yesterday. It was amazing. <laughs> So I got a chance to go down to the Long Beach Grand Grand Prix. And mind you, let's back up a little bit. I have started watching F1 and I've gotten super into F1. I started watching the Netflix show. The last two races, the one in what was it? Abu Dhabi and the and the one last last, last weekend. Got a chance to uh I watched the race, not the last like 20 laps that I do of NASCAR. Which I which was kind of my introduction into some motorsports. No, I watched all like fifty seven laps of this race. Race is only an hour and a half. Feel feels good. There's drama involved. Like there are crashes at times, which are actually super scary. When, once you understand what they're about, I like the drama involved. All of this stuff. So I and then I get a text from a producer at Sirius, who uh, helps work on my show. He was like, hey, yo, George, are you interested in uh, riding in an Indy car? And I was like, uh, I responded back, H-Y-F-R. Hell yeah, effing right. I am. And we get we get down there and he's like, George, you seem pretty enthusiastic. I was like, bro, what are you talking about? I'm into F1. He was like, bro, I didn't know you don't put it on your Twitter, anything like that. Like, OK, cool. So here was what I got to do yesterday. It was pretty dope. Is he going to fit? Yes, he fits. 
So this is me, in case you're listening to it in audio, climbing into an, a double Indy car. So they had a professional driver driving me in this Indy car. First thing I must say is, listen, it's small in there. And they t and they strap you in super tight in there. So they strapped me in, got my helmet on, got the burn mask on underneath. And the first thing I did after being in there, I was like, hold on, hold on. Take me back out. <laughs> I, I had to get immediately back out. I was like, hold on. I stood up while I was in the car. I was like, okay, let me get my breathing. I, I understand what this is like. So like a minute later, sat back down and they were like, yo, don't worry. This is not abnormal. It's. And then they were like, you're, you're good once you're in. And, and I felt good once I understood what it was. But I had a little mini anxiety attack. I was like, hoo, hoo. And then uh, the double car doesn't go quite as fast as the as, like the Indy cars and the F1s. They can get up to 200 miles an hour, sometimes over on straight straightaways, like barely over. We got up over 160. So we're damn close. You know what I mean? And I'm is that the fastest you've been in a in a vehicle? Is that no, the fastest? Uh, about close, the same. about the same. Okay, uh, but it's different in there, bro. It is different because your your head is out too, even though you have a helmet on, bro. The G's that you catch on the corners, bro, because these things accelerate so freaking fast, and then you're like, stop, turn. <laughs> and you're like, dude, it it was one of the most exhilarating experiences and the whole time i'm sitting there like dude i'm trusting this dude who's driving this fast and if he messes up we're screwed like because we're close to the wall dude this, he was driving it like he was drive uh like it, it wasn't like oh nice grandma lap no no, this was a for real lap. And because he, he asked me, he said, do you really want to do it? I was like, hell yeah. And I'm sitting there and I wasn't scared, but I was aware. You know what I mean? I was aware yeah. of the danger because I've seen it on TV. I saw a dude burning alive in a car and then he magically popped out. But he was in there for two and a half, two or three minutes burning up. And so, yeah, bro, I and, and he ended up with just burrs on his hands and feet. And then he retired from F1. I just bro, I don't even know how to explain what happened. How many corners did it take for you to be able to, like, breathe through the corner, like not hold your breath? Mm, I think that I think the whole entire time, like I was pretty calm, but there was still that twirling in my stomach. Like, yeah. Oh my God, I could actually die right now. That I, that did cross my mind while while we were doing it. I was like, damn, I could die. I hope I don't die. Let's go. <laughs> that was the experience. I mean, because it was like getting on a ride. Like you can't get get off. It's not like he, he could hear yeah. me being like, stop, 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 slow down. I don't want to do this anymore. So what about the come down? Like, what was the rest of the day like? Okay, so like after I got out of adrenaline? there, after I got out of there, which was perfectly fine, I was perfectly like your body feels tingly when you get out, though. Mm -hmm. uh, but I got out, and then like ten minutes later, I got inside of a Porsche GT3, a nine not nine eleven GT3. Those things go almost as fast, but the the aerodynamics on it are a little bit different. But riding in that, I got a little like jostly. It was weird, like my head wasn't feeling all the way right. 
after I got out of that, but I was much more a fan of driving in the IndyCar. So <laughs> my 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 initial follow-up question is like, what's next for George Reister? Uh, you know, are we just going to eat mayonnaise with a spoon or, or like <laughs> what direction are we taking this ex- <laughs> first of all, exploration into, all, into our, our pale skin friends activities? First of all, I love mayonnaise. It's good. Yeah. I don't eat Miracle Whip. I used to eat Miracle Whip when I was younger, but it's too, it's too sweet. Me too. On a, on a bologna, just bologna. Like when you have to go all in on the garbage fried, food. So like fried bologna. Wonder Bread. Bolo- yeah. Fried bologna. Yeah. yeah. Miracle Whip and like craft singles. Oh so no, 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 no! I don't want any cheese on there. Mm-mm-mm. And and no. I absolutely despise craft singles. I will not. No, bro, do not put craft cheese on on anything. That it's not real cheese. First thing, so don't call it cheese. It's it's yellow goo. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm at. Is like, what is next on your? And also, like, we're goofing around calling them white people things, but, like, you do want to raise up kids who don't see activities as belonging to anybody, right? You had, Correct. You had a son who played baseball pretty competitively until until football sort of, like, yeah. took over that energy. Um, yeah. You just want no, – and that's all anybody wants camping. for anything is – yeah, we right. go camping. We go to national parks. We do all of these things. And for, for me, I want my kids to understand that, like you said, there aren't white people things, there aren't black people things, except for like white people like keeping, you know, wild animals as pets. And you know what I mean? Like, like some that there are some things that are just bad ideas. <laughs> correct. Correct. Um, but but next up, though. Oh, oh. And as I say this. One of the next things up is going to be going to South Africa, swimming in well uh, in the cage with great whites around. Is that my? So not just- my I've talked to my friends and they're like, George, that's a little too far. We're we're, we're in on all the rest of the things, <laughs> but there you are going a little bit too far. Have you seen forty seven meters that or uh, they're like there's stuff that could go wrong, and I'm like, I realize that. You know, you you saw LL Cool J live to the end of Deep Blue Sea, and now you think you're invincible. <laughs> a black man made it through a scary movie. See, it can be me. That's not for me. The shark thing, uh, especially great whites. Also traveling to South Africa. N- none of that sounds fun to me, but I do get I, like I get it. I just and I, I want that for my kids, too. I want them to just kind of look at like what's available and not think that something was designed to not to not be for them, you know, yeah. I, and I think that that's cool. I don't know if I need to be um, putting myself in any uh, dangerous situations um, to to uh, go ahead and 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 make that known. Uh, to my kids, I will say that like there's some stuff that I do that, you know, um, that I do want them to see. Like even even just like this show, um, with you or or like all the the time I spend gardening or whatever it is. Oh, dude, just to like and I garden, which is you do you do you 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 hypercharged me into this whole thing because you're uh, you were the first person I ever knew that had a lettuce grow and was growing your own like spices and herbs and yeah. peppers and, and stuff. And now I got Pharaoh with one too. He's got a lettuce grow too. I love it. I love it. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that I, I think that that that's the goal, right? Is to generationally move into like there are no white people things. There's just things, um, but there are some things that I think are probably like letting your dog lick you in the mouth. There are certain things that probably stay white people things. Oh God, yeah. I, I'm not in on <laughs> letting like letting your dog lick you in the mouth. Like I just don't even under understand, bro. It's that's gross. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, final thing (laughs) today. You have two stories to present to me. 
I do. I do. A couple of news stories that I want your reaction to because I they they kind of caught me off guard. You know, we don't we sometimes on this show we do hard news stuff or political stuff um, as long as it fits in the vibe with with what we're doing. But mostly we just try to keep this about ourselves and our families and 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 sports, right? Um, but the first one is is really interesting to me because um, Facebook has changed its name to yeah. Meta. Facebook owns Instagram. Um, they got their own like VR platform, gaming platform. They've pretty much, I mean, I, I don't know if you've been on Craigslist anytime recently, but like Facebook Marketplace has pretty much gutted uh, Craigslist. Are you, you know, serious? They, they, I, I feel that way. Yeah, I feel that way. I feel like you're, you're, you find a ton more stuff on Facebook Marketplace. It's probably safer too because you can like link yeah. to somebody's profile and, and, and everything like that. Um, people like review sellers and it's it's just sort of maybe a safer thing. Um, But Facebook is sort of trying to make sure that they take over all aspects of our lives. And, and anytime that any other company comes out with a good idea, Facebook kind of finds a way to co-opt it, whether it was Snapchat came out with filters and then all of a sudden Instagram has filters, TikTok had um, its whole thing. And and then all of a sudden Instagram has reels. Um, Get this. Meta as a company has been paying a Republican um, organization called, I think it's called total victory to spread um, detrimental information about TikTok to cause people to distrust TikTok, maybe panic a little bit about some of the safety features uh, of TikTok uh, in order to drive them back to using Meta's different platforms. Reels. Yeah. Yeah. So they've created Reels, which are, got to say, I love it. I say, I love it. You love it. Yeah. I have no problem with it. This is war. This is. Is it? I mean, it's war to them. They are trying to destroy any. I mean, like they don't even want any competition in the space. They want to own like they want to be big brother. They want to own everything. So in that pursuit, I think that that's that that's right in line with that pursuit. Do I do I love it? No. But do I think that it's on par for what that they are trying to do? Yes. That that should you try to destroy your competitor? Should you try to steal their stuff and make it better? Like because you are Facebook slash Meta and you can, you know, knock off everything and then and then take take it over. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. It's survival of the fittest of the companies. And now while it's not necessarily a you know, a a practice that's probably looked at very positively. I get it, though. So let me let me share with you uh, what what exactly. um, And the company's name is Targeted Victory. So that's my bad. Uh, So Meta hired a GOP consulting firm um, that did work for Mitt Romney's 2012 presidential campaign, other things called Targeted Victory to push out the message that uh, um, that TikTok is a threat because it's foreign owned. Um, that it's sharing data of young teens, uh, which all of these organizations are, are sharing data. And it also pushed out news stories about like different TikTok challenges that are, that are causing, um, you know, issues with the social fabric of which I, I mean, I've experienced them, but one of them is the slap a teacher challenge. What? Um, I don't know if you, if uh, yeah, I, I don't actually, um, 
the the trend actually originated on Facebook and uh, targeted victory helped push the idea that it was a, a TikTok thing. There have been TikTok challenges of like stealing things or leaving bullets in places or stealing bathroom stuff out of school bathrooms, yeah. which has affected my kids' school. Like the soap dispensers will be gone or a whole door to a stall will be missing. Like kids are falling for some really dumb stuff right now. But the whole point of targeted victory is to let everybody, um, think that this is something that TikTok is causing. Um, Mark Zuckerberg kind of blames TikTok for Facebook's user growth slowing, which is probably more of a generational thing. Yes, And the stock of Facebook is down almost a third um, this year. But so, but you're, you say all is fair in, in love and war. I kind of feel like if your product is good, then you don't need to manipulate me. Oh, 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 I, I totally agree with that part of it, but how much of this actually go, goes on? This this is not an uncommon practice. Sure. I mean, uh, if you any company gets big enough to be able to pay for lobbying and messaging help and um, essentially PR, right? This is a, somebody's publicist, you know, but much on a much larger schedule I, I, or, or um, much larger scale. I just don't know. I don't know how I feel about the idea of having to slander TikTok to make parents nervous so that they'll turn around and encourage or or this kind of sounds like if we're going down they're going down too mm. almost cuz i don't see how it yeah. pushes traffic back to instagram unless it's parents telling their kids like i feel safer with you on yep. instagram than exactly. i feel with well, you on- well because kids will be be like well if i can't get on tiktok cuz you can't really put the parental controls on tiktok like the same way you can with like you can get okay. like a kids insta or something like that so <clears throat> yeah so do you what 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 is your rule not to put too much of your family's business out there but like i let my as soon as my son turned 13 my oldest son turned 13 i think 13, that's a proper I, age for in, i gave him some social media i gave him access to Instagram and Facebook, but not TikTok or Twitter. So I guess I'm Mark Zuckerberg's target audience here, but I felt like that was an easier thing for me to monitor and control Correct. as a parent, because I know Correct. how wild uh, Twitter can yeah. be. And, you and TikTok DMs and you need to check them DMs, check who they're following, like, like because it's easy for kids to end up astray in these situations. So oh, for sure, if you, because they're going to do stuff to step out of out of bounds a little bit. And then you have to be like, no, 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 no. That's not what we're going to do. Here are the guard rails. And if you can't live within this, within this, then then it's not for you right now. Which we're we're there. Yeah, he has yeah, lost I've his, been there. I've been he's there lost his uh, Instagram privileges for a while. Yeah, see, <laughs> get it. Um, OK, what's the second story? So the second story is is, uh, is definitely political in nature. Uh, the town just west of me, Gastonia, has a congressman named Madison Cawthorn that's been in the news a lot lately. Okay. Um, he has this whole crafted image of he was going to go into the military, but he got in a car accident and became uh, um, paralyzed from the waist down and then decided to, to run for con- Congress. And he's like a true Republican believer, you know, all in on, all in on Trump and, and everything like that. Um, and he's young, he's like real young and he's been accused of all sorts of improprieties. Um, but and he stays in the news recently got divorced, has a weird video of him punching a tree out there, um, got pulled over 
on a suspended license like repeatedly last year. He just kind of stays in the news, like in that Marjorie Taylor Green um, uh, no, level, I'm, of, I'm Matt Gates level of fame. I'm out on on him, dude. I'm out on. And my, mind you, this is not a, oh, George is a Democrat thing. No, no. I think that any sensible human being can think that Marjorie Taylor Greene is a danger, that you can think that right. Matt Gates is a danger, that they're not smart, that they should not be in charge of that. Yes, that they should be able to exist, exist in their ecosystem and spew whatever nonsense that they want to spew, but that they should not be part of our um elected officials just because of just like basic common sense and right. gra- and granted there are democrats that shouldn't be part of it and all this stuff anyway but they're not in the news the same way that these people are like it, it's just the things that they say out loud and the things that people believe are absolutely i mean they're just so fucking ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> that like that they should be put on an island all by themselves and let, let okay and anybody who so, wants to hang out with them go live on the island too. All right, this is fascinating because I haven't even gotten to the stunt he pulled, and you're already frustrated. So he went on a podcast, and they asked him how much Washington D.C. is like House of Cards, and his response was that you know it it, it can be a pretty evil place, and that like there are representatives that he's looked up to his whole life that are in their sixties and seventies. Oh, that's that have, him. The one about yeah. the damn orgy. Yeah. That have invited oh, him to I orgies in a or, wheelchair. Cause you can only see him from the waist up. Yeah. Or that have done cocaine in front of him. Uh, and now, now uh, <laughs> Kevin McCarthy and the and Republican leadership are like names. Yeah. Like you, you can't, you can't just say stuff because you, you you've made people think that Republicans are out here having orgies and doing cocaine. So like, Dude, unless we can address this, you've actually eroded public trust in our party. So name names, do it then. Shut the so fuck now there's this up, dude. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, you, you, you lying dipshit. And I'm, I, and I'm not saying that there aren't people who get involved in orgies or do cocaine. But one thing I do know is, one thing I do know is that people understand that those things are kind of under wraps. They don't just randomly talk about it in mixed company. They kind of get a feel for you first to see if you're kind of into it or not. Like, like right. after being around you for a minute, they don't just randomly. Hey, 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 uh, Ralph. Hey, hey, Ralph. Do a, do a, you want to go to this, uh, this, uh, you and Aaron, do you guys want to go to this sex party? Dude, yeah, I've they're like they're like years though. So like I would know whether you're into that, whether I can even bring you into that or not. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, yeah, hey, you're cool, right? You're cool. You like like this this is what I'm up to this weekend. You're cool, right? You want to come check it out? Like that. But the idea that someone's just like loose doing the, that the uh, the necklace with the spoon and they're just doing bumps in front of him. It, so here's here's the deal though. Here's the deal. This was my question for you. If you are Madison Gawthorn in this circumstance, what do you do? Because there's a 99.9% chance that he made it up to feel important, right? Ralph, so that he could have something to say on this podcast. That Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates do. Just ignore it and pretend like, and no, 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 I never said that. No, no, I'm not doing that. That is un-American. Snitching is un-American. We're not doing that. Just know that it did happen. Trust me. 
Bro. So in the point in the point oh one percent chance that it is real, it's not. And there's just some unbelievably inept uh, Republican congressman um, that that. But he said more you than figure one, it would already be out he about. Said more yeah, he did one. say more than one. Yeah, yeah. But so it, it, could this be like a warning shot or something like that? I'm not trying to paint Madison Cawthorn as a hero, but like in the event that even this is partially accurate, like what do you wh- what happens from here? Would you testify? Would you drop a dime on somebody like just to get yourself out of trouble for having Dude. brought it out in the first place? See, but the the worst part about this is this. Um is is that he did he did this for his own personal clout. He didn't do this to clean up Washington because if that's what he wants to do, he would he would name names. But it's not true. Like, so he can't drop a dime on anybody because it's not true. That's the first thing. And if you're not going to drop the dime, why would you, if you're not going to snitch, why did you bring it up in the first place? I think the answer is very, like, he just wants to feel like he matters or is important or has some type of insight into what's going on. Bro, how, how, how do I spell his last name? C a w t h o r n. C a w. Oh, oh, yeah. Never mind. It came. Yeah, up. you definitely, you definitely. The thing that you need to know about him is you need to look up his signature because it is. Uh, he has the same handwriting as a fourth grader. It's pretty incredible. But yeah, so I just, I, I, I don't know. We've got this like cartoonification of, of, of our government, and now, and now there's like this, you know. Uh, <laughs> gossip uh scandal that that's going on and I just I'm I'm very interested to see where it goes from here. Dude, this is absolute non nonsense. If I had known that this was him when I had seen it earlier, I would have already had this video locked and loaded. But um in the time it took me to ask you his name and now here I present you the video. It's about to get cards. serious. Yes I am with uh Kevin Spacey and I forget who else uh, was in it. Uh, but anyway. Really well done show. Very really, well done very show. Very well done show. But it was so dirty. And it was about this uh, congressman uh, who was Kevin Spacey, who was, I, I think it was minority or majority whip. Yep. What, what was it? Yeah. And so anyway, very, very powerful guy. And it was just kind of like his secret life of all this corruption and power and money and perversion. And it was just dirty. How much, in your opinion, because you've been behind the veil, is this a fictitious show? Or is this more closer to like a documentary? Is, is it that bad? So I heard a former president that we had in the 90s was asked the question about this. And he gave an answer that I thought was so true. And he said, the only thing that's not accurate in that show is that you could never get a piece of legislation about uh, about education passed that quickly. And everything else is good. Uh, aside <laughs> from that, I mean, the sexual perversion that goes on in Washington, I mean, it, being kind of a young guy in Washington, with the average age is probably 60 or 70. And I look at all these people, a lot of them that I, I, you know, I've looked up to through my life, I've always paid attention to politics, guys that, you know, it, then all of a sudden you get invited to, like, well, hey, we're going to have kind of a, a, a sexual get-together at one of our homes. You should come. And I'm like, what, what, what did you just ask me to come to? Yeah. Uh, and then you realize they're asking you to come to an orgy. 
Yeah. Uh, or, or the fact that, you know, there's some of the people that are leading on the movement to try and remove, you know, addiction in our country. And then you watch them do, you know, a key bump of cocaine right in front of you. And it's like, wow, this is, this is wild. Okay, can I, can I just state the obvious without, uh, because I didn't know certain information when I read this, right? Okay. You said he's paralyzed from the waist down, right? He is, yeah. Do you invite him to an orgy? <laughs> well, first of all, in this hypothetical, I would like to think that I am an inclusive pervert. What do you what do you mean? I mean that if I was a pervert, that I would think that I would be an inclusive one. What does that mean? It means that I would not look at somebody's disability as a reason to exclude them from uh, from my activities. Okay. In this weird hypothetical that you've presented me with, I'm not out having uh, orgies. You know for a fact that even prolonging this conversation about sex is going to make me uncomfortable for the rest of the day because you know me. <laughs> I'm, I'm as like uh, goofily prude as it gets. And so... Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I would think that in that situation, of course, I would invite him. Every, everybody's welcome. Hmm. Okay, okay. Let's see how that works. So you have something against people in a wheelchair at your or- no, hypothetical abso- orgy? Absolutely not, bro. I just, you know, he's young. He just got there. I don't know his like. Okay, when 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 people have okay, right? This, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna give you a perfect example. So when. Last time I went to Mexico, we got off the plane. We're walking to where our driver is to take us to the hotel. And twice I was stopped on the way. One one person was like, hey, yo, we got some weed. Do you uh, and we can't take it back with us. Do you want it? Right. Okay. Another person asked me, do you have a lighter? Right. And, okay. and my wife and kids are like, bro, why does why do people stop and ask you this? Right. And so that got me to thinking. So whenever stuff like that, when stuff happens to be in life, the first thing I think is, what am I doing to attract this? Yeah. And so if I'm him, I'm thinking, hmm. And that's the first thing I think about him. What is he doing to attract this? I see what you're saying. I know. Oh, I absolutely see. Like if, if you're. You know what? What about him would invite? Yeah, did 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 he get caught watching porn on his phone? Like you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I guess it also supposes that like these these are factual events. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The way he presents it doesn't feel like he's making something up on the fly. It'd be interesting if he ends up having to dime somebody out because of this. But I do think that like the idea of being around a bunch of 70 year olds when you're, you know, closer to 30 and they want you to, you know, are they talking about a get together with like Doris and Ethel? Is that the type of thing (laughs) that they're, they're inviting you to, or is it one of those like power break broker surround ourselves with young women to make ourselves feel, uh, virile and, and useful. And, uh, I don't know, man, I, I, this red hat isn't what you'd think it is on the front. It says King Ropes, but I'm I'm getting more pro drain the swamp every single day. 
Well, all right. Well, we're draining the show, the the show, all the waters out of the tub now. So we'll catch you guys on Friday. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.